HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit Kane5.com. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food on Heritage Radio Network with me, your host, Erica Wise. It's a very special day today here in the foodiness fallout shelter. You know, normally I'm down here all by myself. You know, we have a staff, we have the whole team, but I've sent them out on um, kind of like Mormon-style missions. The team are out, they're a bit, you know, Kristen Wortman, the nutritionist, she's, she's in Madagascar, and... And, you know, Jack, he's over there in the, in the booth. But um, it's lonely down here in the fallout shelter. You know, by myself, the twins are off at re-education camp because I caught them hiding gummy vitamins in their underwear drawer at Christmas, and that's inexcusable, unallowed. So I pulled them out of private school, and I put them in um, kind of a North Korean-style re-education camp. It's good for them, though. It, it builds, builds character. But So I'm by myself often. You know, I don't usually have guests. Usually I have this long, scripted, fascinating, funny monologue that I read for you. Um, but today, I have guests. It's a whole new era on Let's Get Real. I have, I have some guests in here. And the reason I have my guests here, who I will introduce shortly, they're sitting here patiently. Um, the reason I have guests today is because um, I want to announce kind of a little Let's Get Real spinoff that I'm going to do, which is called My Perfect Snack. So I'm going on a quest, like a vision quest, without the drugs. Well, maybe. Over the next, like, six to eight weeks, I'm going on this quest for my perfect snack. Because, you know, I reject all things manufactured and packaged and processed. And there's a million trillion snack products out there. And sometimes when I'm, like, out 
during the day and I'm hungry and I'm, you know, I worked out or whatever and I need something to eat and I can't carry around like my pocket full of almonds or my hard boiled egg or whatever. And I have to find something to eat and I can never find something. So I'm going to Chicago next month to attend the International Sweets and Snacks Expo. Uh huh. And I'm going to walk around that show and I'm going to look, I'm going on my quest, my vision quest for the perfect snack, even though I really know what my perfect snack already is, which is probably that handful of almonds. But I'm trying to open myself up and be more receptive to what's out there instead of my usual completely closed off negative self. I'm trying. It's a whole new me. So on that note, what I've done today is I've invited two friends of mine, Kara Tannenbaum and Andrea Tutungian, who are also former colleagues of mine. We taught together for years. We used to have big yucks in the faculty office. Very wonderful people who have published a book called, in a nutshell, Cooking with ba- Cooking and Baking with Nuts and Seeds. So I want to welcome them. Hi, gals. Thank you. Hi, hey, Hi. It's so nice to have you here. <laughs> Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Welcome to the foodiness fallout shelter. I love it. You're safe down here. Thank you. Yes. It feels good. It feels good, right? <laughs> yeah. It's It's our safe space feels like a fallout too. I know. It is. You're safe here. Thank you. We only have real food here. So, um, as I said, Andrea and Kara um, and I all taught together for years. And both of you are chefs. Andrea, you're primarily pastry chef. And Kara, you're kind of both, right? You're bi. I'm bi. She's bi. She does both. (laughs) Like me, I started out in pastry and crossed over to the dark side of food. Um, And you wrote this book, in a nutshell, which is a beautiful Beautiful cookbook. Thank you. Very concise, very thorough. No fluff, no filler, like the perfect snack would be. <laughs> and it is all about cooking bacon with nuts and seeds, which is fascinating, of course, to me, because I think of nuts and seeds as one of the most important primal real foods out there that people have been eating since the beginning of time. Exactly. Exactly. So, Carrie, you have a background in archaeology. That's right. Not anthropology. 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 archaeology is and a sub-discipline. A sub- okay. I was thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, what's the difference? between anthropology is people and archaeology is where they inhabited has has four parts to it archaeology is just one of them and it's really the study of the people of the past okay yeah anthropology is the The study of people people in general Ah. and then there's linguistics right which is how people speak and then there's physical anthropology which is the study of basically bones and physical structure then what's cultural anthropology that's that's the overarching anthropology that it's cultural Uh physical archaeology (laughs) Linguistics. I know. It's crazy. Uh (laughs) I, for a while, thought about doing a master's in food anthropology. It's interesting. That's really how part of the evolution of the book. Right. And that's something I've always been fascinated and have thought about doing. But I don't really feel like doing that much work. Well, then what do you do when you're done? Exactly. Teach. Which is why I didn't do it. What am I going to do? Teach? (laughs) I already did that. (laughs) (laughs) So, Carrie, you have this anthropology background. And, Andrea, you have been a pastry chef and... We're in finance, yeah. era, which yeah. I didn't know. Yes, I'm wow. in finance. And then you guys met teaching at ICE. That's correct. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's talk about the genesis of the book. How did the book come into being? Who would like to start? I can start. Okay. Uh, we spent a lot of years um, doing recipe testing and working on books for one of our colleagues, Nick. Mm-hmm. And right. Who's been on various shows yes. here, Nick Belgeri. Yes. Okay. And um, while we were doing that, we both kind of came together and said, we could do this. And then mm-hmm. we also spent a lot of time working on the curriculum at school, and we knew that we were worked really well together so we decided that we wanted to do a book together right it's like when you work on other people's work and then you're like huh my work's better than this person's work. I could <laughs> well, no not better <laughs> just kind of can understand the process and right, like we right. could do this we could we so do this from doing that you learned it from yeah. the inside yeah uh-huh 
And so the nuts and seeds idea came... It was one of probably, what, like 10 ideas it that we had? It started with a dozen ideas, and this is, honestly, it's the, um, it's one of those two o'clock in the morning sort of ideas, but there was a, we, came, we had a list of ideas, and then it sort of narrowed into what was of interest to our literary agent, mm. and that's really, he helped us pick it. Oh, okay. And it's been a long time coming, right? I mean, you started 10 years? Something 10, like that, eight, eight nine years? years ago. A long time ago. Right, I remember while working together when you started. And what's so interesting is the way, you know, trends in food change right. and was, ideas change. Because when you first were talking about it, my first thought was, nobody's going to want that because everybody's so fat phobic. Right. And nuts and seeds it's are changed. high in fat. Yeah. And that's completely that's right. changed. And now people are totally embracing. We did this out of love yeah. for what it was. And it turned into something that was current. Yeah. Right. The timing right. was just the timing was good. Right. 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 And so that what I want to talk about a little bit, too, other than the book is um, we were talking about this before about the whole thing with kind bars that mm-hmm. came out a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. You know, kind bars are basically just a nut and fruit bar. Very high in sugar. Mm-hmm. Right. But generally pretty good. I kind bars, I wouldn't necessarily quali- qualify as foodiness because I think they're OK. They're mm-hmm. not pretending to be something else. They That's are what true. they are. Correct. You know, they're just nuts and seeds and fruit and sugar. But the FDA took away their healthy designation, which right. is ridiculous because they're above the level of saturated fat that right. they recommend. That's because nuts are. They're because nuts, nuts are. are. Right. right. Except now we all know that saturated fat is fine and good for us, mm-hmm. and it's not an issue, and nuts are like the best thing you can eat. I think the FDA started that whole campaign when they wanted to get rid of Crisco. And, yeah. Yeah. Of course. And, and this is just the nuts being swept along with it. Right. The saturated fat got wrapped up with trans fats, right, which is right. completely wrong. Totally right. Different. And totally misguided. Right. So it's like everyone else has sort of gotten on the right page about nuts and seeds, but the FDA is still stuck on the saturated fat when they should be really focusing on the sugar. Right. Exactly. Because like even though they're nuts and fruit, they're still really high in sugar, mm-hmm. which is, you know, sugar is the culprit, really. Right. All disease these right. days. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> back to the book. So what fascinates me about the subject and about nuts and seeds in general is that I can really think of them as like our first foods. Like when humans, you know, we came down from the trees and we started walking upright. I mean, mm-hmm. so, Kara, you know, anthropologically speaking, what's sort of the earliest evidence or do we even need evidence? Cause Tens so of thousands of years ago. Um, depends on the nut. Depends where we are. The thing about the nuts and seeds that we wrote about is that they're they're really local, mm-hmm. right? They are the original locavore food. So wherever people were living as they migrated around the earth, they picked up whatever seeds were available or plucked them off trees or figured out how to crack them open and use them. So there's evidence from at least 20,000 years ago in different places around the world where people were cracked, you know, just from the shells. Mm-hmm. Th- that's what the evidence is. Right, like piles of shells right. left behind. Like the oyster middens exactly. on the Hudson exactly. River. The clam shells. <laughs> right, yeah. the piles yeah. and piles. Yeah. Of, yeah, like the, the right. remains. Uh-huh. Um, and eventually, as evolu- uh, you know, as agriculture evolved, people began to, to realize cultivate. they could cultivate. Right, when they put two and two together and said, oh, these seeds that we left here last winter. Here's a tree. Oh, grew into food. <laughs> hmm, that's right. easy. That's Beautiful. Easy. Right. But when you think of the hunter-gatherer, I mean, in my right. mind, that's it. It's like, oh, every couple months we'll kill a beast. But in between. In be- right. We'll eat nuts and seeds. We'll eat nuts yeah. and seeds. And, and berries and fruit. Right, and whatever we can find. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So from that locavore perspective, I mean, can you give us a sense of like around the world, like what was eaten where? Like I know pistachios come from like Turkey and the right. Middle East. Middle right? East. A um, lot of them a do. A lot right? of them do. Um, 
but there are other places where, you know, obviously Brazil nuts, you know, from South America, mm-hmm. that's where they're from. Um, macadamias are from the Pacific Islands. Right. There are, you know, other uh, cashews are from India. Are there any native to North America, the hickory? Uh, pine nuts. Yeah, we pine didn't nuts. write about hickory. And um, w- there are Native chestnuts. American chestnuts, chestnuts. Right. right? But there are also but European they're... chestnuts. There are two different kinds. But right. They're... The North American chestnut got wiped out in the That's blight right. in mm-hmm. the 30s. That's right. Which I know It's from... been reintroduced. Right. Yeah. They're making an effort. And they right. were, chestnuts were an incredibly important staple food. Sure. Because they're very starchy. Right. Settlers. Right. They were starchy. Starch. And like in Tuscany, there's a whole culture. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Of using uh, chestnut flour. Flour. Right. So interesting. Yeah. Um, so, Andrea, going, like, let's talk about the book. Like, what are some, you know, give us an example of, like, what you think is, like, a really great, unique, creative way to cook with nuts and seeds, you know, other than your sort of, you know, baking application. <laughs> like, what surprised you the most? Um, some, let me think about that. I mean, just some of the basic snacks that we have and the dips that we have mm-hmm. um, in the beginning of the book. They are just, I mean, ground up nuts or just nuts coated with something that's not necessarily so sugary mm-hmm. and a kind of healthy way to eat them. Um, what would see? What would be like some? Like duka. The duka. The duka. I the love duka. That. Yeah, the duka great. was one of the kind of last minute additions to the book, um, and that was a lot of fun. The the I think one of the things that's very interesting about nuts is that they're natural thickeners. Mm-hmm. So yeah, amongst right. amongst the many other things you can do with them, they thicken sauces. You don't need to make a roux. You can use yeah. ground nuts, nut butters. Mm-hmm. Those they because the nature of their molecules are absorbent. You can. You know, there's so many cross culturally. There are so many sauces that are thickened with nuts and seeds, mm, like romesco, romesco, mm-hmm. the yeah. sauces of Mexico, all the right, moles, moles. right, mm-hmm. the pipiots, seeds. Mm-hmm. And then so in India, they use a lot of poppy seeds to thicken sauces ah. and cashews. And then there's you know all kinds of things. You know, we make a, a pistea in the book with mm-hmm. uh, instead of you know how it's usually made with a with egg. And it sort of bring binds it. Uh-huh. We make it with almond butter instead. Mm-hmm. Oh and it, wow! Yeah, it, so it's it's very nut, nuts are useful in that way besides their nutritional benefit. I would never think of the molecules as being absorbent because of all the fat. Like I would think the fat would it's cause them to repel Mm-mm. moisture. Yeah. But the well, some are better than others. Right. Yeah, I'm sure some are right. starchier than right. others. Well, that's what's so fascinating to me about chestnuts, which technically aren't really a nut, right? right? Botanically, mm-hmm. they're not a nut. Right. But that they can be ground into this powder mm-hmm. and then stored indefinitely, which right. is why it was so important right. before. Just because you you brought it up, when we started the process in this book, we spent months and months doing all the botany of all. <laughs> oh, the really? Nuts and seeds. Because that was kind of where we wanted to take the book in that direction. Mm. We were really interested. Very in that. into it. Um, it kind of got cut through the process oh. and shortened and. <laughs> So. Make it more God. appealable. Right. But yeah. you know, there's another book. There's a book that just came out about seeds. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I, don't I don't remember, remember the author's it. name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that kind of is touched on what we had originally tried to go for. Right. I heard him on the radio. I was like, hey, 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 hey. We did that. We did that. The we eth- did that. Like the more like ethno botanical <laughs> exactly. route, which yeah. I find so fascinating, yeah. but probably yeah, doesn't. Most people don't. Mass market yeah. cookbook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. His is not a cookbook. His is more. It's a yeah. It's like a history. Serious. Yeah. A nerd book. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. We have to take a break because it's that time. But we'll be right back. More Nuts and Seeds.
This is Chris Howell from Cane Vineyard and Winery, calling in from Spring Mountain above the Napa Valley. Thank you for listening to this show. In our industrial world of highly processed food and wine, we support the values of Heritage Radio Network. All of us at Cane encourage you to seek out individuality and beauty in everything you eat and drink. To learn more about us, go to Cane5.com. Welcome back to Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food on Heritage Radio Network with me, Erica Wides. And it's a very special day here in the Foodiness Fallout Shelter. We have guests. Yay! My guests, Kara Tannenbaum and Andrea Tutungen, very old friends of mine. Not that they're old. We're old friends. Old friends. We taught together uh, at the Institute of Culinary Education for... Many years. I was there for 15. You guys have been there since you were like teenagers, I think, forever. (laughs) Pretty much. And um, they have published a beautiful, insightful, and nerdy smart girl cookbook, which I say in the most admiring way, (laughs) because the nerdy smart girls rule the world, called In a Nutshell, Cooking and Baking with Nuts and Seeds. So what I want to talk about a little bit is um, nut milks, because... Like almond milk, all those nut milk products that are on the market now to me are a perfect example of foodiness. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I'm not going to eat dairy. People have these ideas that dairy is bad or they're allergic or they have issues or they're vegans or whatever. So they embrace these completely synthetic, artificial process manufactured nut milks, almond milk and hemp milk and, you know, all these milk products. And your commercial almond milk in the supermarket is 2% almonds. By volume, and the rest of it is carrageenan and thickeners and whiteners and synthetic vitamins. So that is a classic foodiness hoax, mm-hmm. right there. Like that—that uh-huh. that is foodiness to me. Um, and so Adam, my husband, um, he likes almond milk, but we realized what was going on with like the blue diamond the yeah. almond milk. So we started making our own, which is super easy. Mm-hmm. You right. soak the yeah, almonds, you put them in the blender, and blah blah. So in your uh, in your book, you have a recipe for, That's for almond yeah. milk. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So do you want to talk about that a little bit, about making your own almond milks or nut milks in general, the history, where they come from? You know, go ahead. I mean, the way we made <laughs> almond milk is just like what you said. You soak it, and then you grind it, and then you have to strain it, and you have a lot of, like, nut meat left over, but yeah. you have all the great milk that's behind it. I mean, the only thing is it can be a little pricey to make a... Yes, an, a, a, very, a, you know, very pricey. And, um, you know, I like to use everything, so what we would do is we would save all those nut meats, and then we would add them into maybe an oatmeal, or, yeah. you know, you, eat, you still use... I still like to use what's left behind. It has the fiber, it has, you know, right. the stuff the still in there. Is still mm-hmm. right. there. Yeah, that's what we did because uh, we realized it was expensive. Although when I kind of costed it out, I realized that it it's not so incomparable to buying organic good milk, right? Not dairy milk. Mm-hmm. It's a few dollars more, like per half gallon. Mm-hmm. But you do wind up with all this stuff, which I guess you could compost and, too or something, right? But um, yeah. But I think that's what we did. Is he mixed it into um, right? You can use it. oatmeal and stuff like that. Are there are certain nuts better for making milks? Like, do certain nuts yield more? Milk, or did you do any tests like that? Or you um, just... We did almond milk. Did we do cashew milk? We did. Um, you can do cashew milk. We did almond milk and cashew milk. Um, sure, you can do it out of walnuts and pecans. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Walnut might be kind of bitter. It, yeah. Right. Tannic. It's going to have a certain flavor. Yeah, you want something more neutral. Right. Um, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That, that's, what, that's what we've fooled around with. Mm-hmm. Um, and making your own butters, too. You know, one thing, like, when I was teaching at ICE is... Um, 
when we would do like Thai or Vietnamese food, uh-huh. and we would make peanut sauce, mm-hmm. right. and we would use peanut butter. And, you know, purchasing would buy, like, the industrial peanut butter full of <laughs> Skippy. Yeah, yeah, like, full of corn syrup and hydrogenated fats. You know, people think, oh, peanut butter, it's this great healthy thing. But it's full of sugar and it's right. full of trans fats. So I would explain to people, you know, you make your own peanut butter. And they're like, what? You know, I would say put peanuts in the food processor, turn it on, walk away. And it, sometimes we had a, a tiny little drop of oil. Depending. Just to get it. Just get moving. Yeah. yeah. See, I never even had to do that. Yeah. And people were like, they Depends would fall the off nut. their chairs. Yeah, some of the nuts need a little bit. Some are okay. Right. Peanuts don't because mm-hmm. they're so high right. in oil. But other nuts do. So in the what other um, nut butters have you experimented with? Like everything? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Hazelnut, pe- yeah. peanut, almond, um, cashew. All of it. All pecan of it. butter, yeah. everything. Yeah. It's really amazing how Sunflower easy it is seeds. to do. Oh, the, the seeds on yeah. too. Yeah. Really good, yeah. too. And, um, yeah. And then it's really important, I think, to remind people to keep that stuff refrigerated. Right, right. The shelf that, life is not as long. You know, nuts... Th- and this was something I always like to stress is that things like nuts, they're highly volatile. You know, they have those volatile oils, oils. in them. Mm-hmm. Freezer. And I keep them in the freezer. Right, yeah, right. I keep all my stuff in the freezer because they go bad so quickly. And I think people often are eating nuts that are rancid and they don't even realize And that's why they don't love them, right? That's why they don't love them. And years ago at ICE, I don't know if you remember this, the Oregon Hazelnut Board came to do a presentation. Do you guys remember that? No, It was probably in like 98, like when I first started. And they came and they brought in hazelnuts that had been like freshly roasted Uh right off the tree. Phenomenal. I couldn't believe... The difference, right? Oh yeah. my god, I couldn't believe how delicious they yeah. were. Hazelnuts are wonderful. Hazelnuts yeah. are incredible, I love them, yeah. incredible. And at Trader Joe's, they sell Oregon hazelnuts, now, yeah. which are great. Right. And every year, I go to Portland to visit my friend, and um, you can buy them at the airport. Oh, <laughs> hazelnuts that I bring home back. But um, see, it's the original Locavore food. There it you is go. the original Locavore food. <laughs> I know. It. And you make your own Nutella, right? Yes. Right, oh, which yeah. is fabulous. so cool. Yeah. And have you done it only with hazelnuts? Have you tried other nuts? We've done it. Uh, I do it often too. with almonds, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Almonds and hazelnuts because they sort of have that nutty, nutty neutrality that makes right. it. Yeah, it's like enough nuttiness, but not too much nuttiness. So they both sort of go with the cocoa. Yeah, it's so good because if you look at the ingredients on Nutella, mm-hmm. not so good. You got yeah. the corn syrup, and right? All the shit this is there. it's incredibly easy. Yep. It's you throw it all in the food processor. It does have a little bit of sugar in it, but just mm-hmm. a little. Yeah, and it's terrific. It's so good. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and so, from a, so we've been talking a lot about sweet stuff and you know snacks, but like a savory application. So, what are what are your some some of your like favorite ways? You had, Andrea, you had mentioned the dips and the yeah, oh, the, the dips snacks, for sure. And then, they're easy and they're fast and they're really good for you. Um, I, I kind of like some of the pestos too. Yeah, we did a variety. Huge variety, but Again. it's not thickened sauces. I mean, yeah. it's back to being back to thickening mm-hmm. sauces, yeah. right? Which is so fascinating. And during the break, you were saying it's like such a universal thing, and it makes sense because before the widespread cultivation of grain and people didn't have flours and starches, they used and nuts. nuts to yeah. thicken things. One of the other things too that we do, and, and one recipe is kind of not in the book at the moment. Um, we use the nuts as breadcrumbs, like as a substitute for breadcrumbs. So oh, you can, sure. You know, cross bread you know, things with fish, it, fish or chicken or whatever, and, and that's like a really nice way to kind of incorporate it into a meal. Right, and add more protein and mm-hmm. gluten free, mm-hmm. and it's tasty. Gluten right. issues with people, and they mm-hmm. get really crispy, too, that's right. which is really nice. Mm, delicious. Yeah, there was one. There was a chicken in a. In a nut, in an almond crust, it has a little bit of 
lemon rind, a little bit of tarragon. I saw that on the blog. Yeah, it looked yeah, really good. Yeah. With your story about the cornflake chicken at camp. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Karen and I have Jewish summer camp background, although I didn't go to sleepaway camp. I did. But we both have um, Socialist Worker Party Jewish roots that we connected over years ago. The cornflake chicken. We used to sing the Internationale we could, we in the could faculty office. We could. <laughs> But um, I went to sleepaway camp. <laughs> but was it Jewish Socialist Worker Party sleepaway camp? I'm not camp? sure. Uh, no, I think it was so. in denial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so um, another thing I want to talk about is um, cheeses made of nuts. So, you know, I'm not a big it's fan new. of the vegans. Yeah. You know, like, I understand people not wanting to eat animals. I get it. But when I started doing this show what actually sparked the idea for this show was an episode of Oprah I had seen Mm -hmm. where she and her crew her whole staff Mm -hmm. decided to go vegan for a week Mm. so what they did is they went to Whole Foods and they bought up every single like fake vegan product on the market and everybody was all upset and cranky and miserable because they were eating all this crap instead of eating things like nuts and beans and vegetables and great food and I got so angry that I wrote to Oprah, who ignored me, and so I started doing the show instead. But, you know, so there's all these, like, vegan nut-based cheese products and right. soy things. But I had to do – I did a cookbook development project last summer for somebody where I had to make a lasagna that was dairy-free, and I made cashew cheese. Right, you can do that. Cashew ricotta. Yeah. So do did you guys experiment with different ricotta-type Fresh cheeses? We haven't. That's a whole other thing that we've never really gotten into. We just started looking at mm-hmm. that as we, as the book moved forward, mm-hmm. sort of without even trying those things. But um, the vegan, we did, when we started the book, the vegan industry hadn't really taken yet. off. Yeah, yeah right? that's true. And then when, ago, right. right. And then as we were putting the book in its final passages there was a whole discussion of what to do about vegans because we knew with nuts and seeds it would be um of interest right sure so that's how they get their protein right Mm -hmm. but we i started to look at all those vegan products i didn't know much about it and i started to look at those products and i could not believe what was in them oh it's be i mean it's an astounding list of chemicals, thickeners, emulsifiers, right. all kinds totally. of crap. And then why would you become a vegan? Why become a vegan if you're right. just going to eat all If that's junk. you're going to eat that stuff. So right. we wound up putting a few vegan recipes mm-hmm. in the book that didn't, they have none of those products in them. Sure. I mean, it was, it was a conscious it effort to stay away, mm-hmm. you know, to stay away from that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, um, now there's a whole industry of people making cheese out of... Yeah, cashews and all kinds of stuff, right? And fermenting them, and it it, it probably works. I have to say, I don't know enough about. I haven't tried many of them, any of the commercial ones, but I think it makes sense to me that it could be done. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's a milky, proteinaceous substance. You know, you don't have certain compounds that you'd have in dairy milk, but it works. But this cashew ricotta I made was amazing. How'd you make it? It was delicious. I'm trying to remember. I soaked them in boiling water. Basically, and then just ground them up in my food processor, I think with just a little more boiling water and maybe some olive oil or something. Because then you really have, it's a nut butter. It's a butter, but it had, <laughs> why, for some reason, it had because this Because cashews texture. come out like that. It was crumblier. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was amazing. Like, I put it in this, like, veg lasagna that was gluten-free. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like lasagna, and quote. You know, it was like yeah. slices of zucchini. Right, right, right. We have, <laughs> we have one of those in the box. <laughs> but it was yeah. delicious. It was amazing. Yeah. You know, but I hate calling it lasagna because it's not. Yeah. I'm all about calling things what they are, as you know. Right. <laughs> um, but it was delicious, and it was amazing, and I fed it to Adam, and he couldn't believe it wasn't really ricotta. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, 
I don't have any dietary issues, so I don't need any substitutions. But, right. you know, if people have legit allergies or issues, I understand. Right. It's more of the, you know, ex- becoming a vegan or gluten-free for trendy health right. reasons, mm-hmm. of course. Right. But now, of course, it seems like every single kid in the world is allergic to nuts. Mm. Oh, that's a whole... That's, yeah, <laughs> so let's go down that road. We have five minutes left, so let's let it All rip right. on nut allergies, okay. please. Okay. We, well, we kind of didn't totally address that in the book for a reason. Of course. I mean, yeah. you can't. What are you yeah. going right. to say? You can substitute this. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. Right. There was none of that. We couldn't do any right. of that for the book, but we, we spent talked time. to people. We yeah. spent time looking into it, and um, the... There are children who really do have nut allergies, and it's this. You know, now people are beginning to explore why. Post the book coming out, why they have the nut yeah. allergies and and um, lack of exposure as a child seems right. to be a very significant yeah. contributing factor to that. So. Right. There was some research recently about yeah, pregnant peanuts. women right. eating peanuts while right. they're pregnant to build up the exposure. That's right. Yeah. And um, well, they restrict so much of what you can eat when you're pregnant these days that it's no wonder. Yeah. I well, I think so, and uh, you know, I mean, there are a million ideas about exposures to pesticides and chemicals and right. all kinds of stuff that are making us more sensitive to all of this stuff. Right. But right, restricting it completely, then you wind mm-hmm. up with no tolerance. We, for um, we realized when we were at the book, either you're in or you're out on the nut thing. Absolutely right. You're in the yeah. nut house or you're right. not in the nut house because what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. We're in the nut house. <laughs> well, you're in the right place. We live in the nut house. Welcome to the nut. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And I understand le- legitimate right. allergies. You know, my sister had terrible food allergies when she was a kid, and she outgrew them, and I get it. It's the fake. You know, that's, it's like, that's well, to me. it's trendy. You know, it's trendy, and yeah. it's the, you know, make a product it's pretending foodiness. to be another. It's foodiness. That's what it's all about. <laughs> that's is. why I wanted to come yeah. and have you guys on and talk about this, because I feel like nuts are somewhat immune to foodiness. It's like they're so great and so kind of perfect and on pure their yeah. on their own that nobody's really, you know, I mean, there's, you know, Snickers bar, but I don't even really have a problem so much with a Snickers bar because it's what it is. Exactly. You know, right. nobody's coming out with healthy Snicker bars. Yeah, or like, <laughs> you know, I feel like we everything else has its has its foodiness analog. Yeah. You know, oh, there's, okay. there's water and then there's like vitamin water, you know, or there's, you know, whatever. But that nuts have kind of remained sacred in a way. I hope so. I hope so too. Yeah, me too. Which is why I always come back around to them, you know, as as my perfect snack. You know, it's that yeah. handful of almonds. I have one in my pocket right now just in case <laughs> I, have I get my desk. hungry later. Exactly. 20, 23 at a time. That's what you 23. To 23, 23 a day. Yeah. Unfortunately, now the world is going nuts about almonds when California is dying of drought. Drought. Yeah. And, um, oh, I just want to get, sorry, back to the nut milks for a second because okay. we were talking about that and we're running out of time. But, um, so those nut milks like almond milk, they have, uh, there's a quarter cup of almonds in a half a gallon. Wow. Of industrial nut milk. That's yeah, not good. a quarter cup of almonds. And what's the rest of it? Thickeners, carrageenan, synthetic vitamins, and water. Tons right. and tons of water. You're basically paying all this money for water. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And um, it's not cheap. And it's not cheap. <laughs> right. And it's a quarter cup of almonds in there. You know, the price is comparable to regular milk. Right. It's ridiculous. Um, and now Starbucks has this coconut milk option that they're offering. Have you heard about this? No. A couple weeks ago, Starbucks announced Sumatran coconut milk as an option. So it's not the thick coconut milk in a can. It's like a coconut milk beverage. But it's the same idea. It's like, is I don't it know. sweetened? It's a little bit sweetened, but it's, you know, sort of milk consistency. Hmm. But it's the same thing. It's thickeners, carrageenans, uh, emulsifiers. Is it made from pureeing the... 
I don't know how, how they're, they're making it. it. You know, but coconut milk separates, so I'm sure right. they yeah, add emulsifiers right. in there, and I'm sure it's full of chemicals, and it's, you know, crap, but they're promoting it. That, to me, is classic foodiness, too. Did yeah. you work with coconut at all in the book? Yeah, oh, yeah. you it's did. In the book. Yeah. Uh-huh. So did you do a lot of work with coconut milk? Well, there's, there are some recipes that utilize coconut milk. Mm-hmm. Um, Curries. Uh, yeah, Curries, sure. Again, it, you know, it thickens. Yeah. It is by its nature thick. And, and it great continues to fat. thicken. Right. And it's great fat. Yeah. Some it. soups, too, maybe? Yeah, it's in yeah. Soups, soups, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, you know, in all of Southeast Asia and, and Southern right. India, mm-hmm. coconut fat is the cooking fat That's of right. choice, and it's really good for you. And mm-hmm. people who eat coconut fat tend to be leaner than everybody else. Right. So there was a fear for many, many years many about years, coconut. Right. Well, oh, it was yeah. demonized like all right. the other tropical fats. Right. And that was all... You know, depending on who you ask, research done by the canola oil industry <laughs> to demonize yeah. those fats, and now they're being um, re-embraced. That's right. Um, so we're almost out of time, but favorite recipes from the book? What do you love the most? What do you go back to? Peanut noodles. <laughs> um, <laughs> peanut noodles. Waffles. Waffles. Hazelnut waffles. Yeah. Hazel- with hazelnut flour mm-hmm. added in. And, and hazelnut pieces. Mm-hmm. Hey, nut flowers. We haven't even gotten to that yet. Yeah, right. That's another whole topic. With nut yeah. flowers, the whole topic. Yeah. What's your name? Alice Medrick. Just right. right? The flowers. Book. Flowers. Yeah. The f- flavor flowers. Flavor flowers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been experimenting with different flowers um, in baking because I'm doing a development project for a vegan. Well, we're not calling it vegan. Plant based. Okay. Mm-hmm. Restaurant and actually it's vegetarian. But in some of our baked items, we're using different flowers. And that's been really interesting, seeing how they react and how they work differently. Nut flowers look you know, great. Nut flowers. Um, really and hazelnut, nice. very flavorful, very absorbent. Again, they, you know, yeah. they, they, they take in liquid. They, uh, they're great. They're great. They're thank great. You. We are, oh my God, we're out of time. We oh, didn't even take our second you. break. Oh. Thanks for coming in. Thanks. It was so a good Coming down to the fallout shelter. <laughs> I like it. Joining yeah. us here. We uh-huh. never have guests, so, you know, you're, you're going to go up on, like, the wall of fame. Oh, I can't wait. Um, but anytime you want to come back, and are uh, you working on another book? Not yet. Not yet. We're thinking. Ideas are percolating. We're percolating. We're percolating. Yeah. All right. Well, when the next one comes out, come on back <laughs> in 10 years. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Erica. Yeah, it was a pleasure. And that's it. We're out of time. We'll see you next week on Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, eating food. Remember, if you don't want to eat shit, keep listening to Let's Get Real. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Yeah.